Hello and welcome back to the local side of Key West. I'm your host Kelly and today it's all about the eight things you did not know about Key West. Let's get started. All right guys, this is going to be a good one. It's juicy. You guys have no idea. I put up in my stories all week on Instagram about how excited I am about doing this and how I wanted to blab this to everybody. But this is eight things that you didn't know about Key West. Maybe you knew some of them. There's no way you knew all eight because I did not. The, one of my favorite things about this freaking podcast is finding out new stuff about Key West, researching history, and now I get to kind of do all the stuff that I've never done before here. So it's really fun. But I also learned a lot about our city and the keys in general, and this one really taught me a lot. So there's a little history lessons in here too. If you're into history, good for you. (laughs) So this will be a fun one for you. But the first thing that I thought you guys didn't know is Ponce de Leon discovered Key West in 1521 during his expedition to Florida in search of the Fountain of Youth. Could he find it? Because I would like to have some of that right now. And if it's here, can someone tell me where it is? (laughs) Because I still want it. But he named it Cayo Huso which means Bone Island in Spanish, for the bleach limestone rock formation of the island. I thought that was so cool. That's just a little tidbit. Some of these are kind of long, but I thought that was really neat. I did learn that a few years ago, but I had no idea about that prior to moving here. So I thought that was pretty cool. All right, so number two, Key West is Shipwreck Central. So when you go boating around here, you could see shipwrecks. I did not know that when I moved here. (laughs) I had no idea. We actually went to um, Wisteria Island. We kayaked around Wisteria Island and kayaked over one of the ships there. And that was the Wisteria, which I thought was real cool. We also saw um, Arbutus, which was Mel Fisher's boat, when we took the plane ride over to the Dry Tortugas. Listen, I know I probably say this every episode, but if you get the opportunity to take the plane ride to the Tortugas, you must do it. It was life-changing. I'm not even kidding you. And the Arbutus was one of the shipwrecks that you can see. And the other one was the Patricia. And that one is right near the Marquesas. So if you guys are boating around the Marquesas, you can see it there. But again, on the plane ride. We actually have nine shipwrecks all around the Keys. So while the chances of you stumbling upon a big gold chest full of pirate treasure are probably zero, you can still snorkel and boat around them and just really enjoy them. I really, really enjoy doing that. I'm not even going to lie to you. I w- wish we could have like, taken our own boat out to the Arbutus and the Patricia and explored those, but I do know there are other ships here, so it's on my bucket list. All right, so number three. I actually had no idea this place existed. I had a friend come on vacation, and I was looking at her Instagram, and she was here, and I was like, what? where are you? So I have to go here now. I researched it for this podcast. I figured if I didn't know, lots of people didn't know. But it's Nancy Forrester's Secret Garden. It's a rescue bird sanctuary. Nancy is an environmentalist, and then she is an educator. She founded the sanctuary decades ago for unwanted, abandoned, and abused parrots. I mean, who abuses parrots? That's terrible. So you can kind of just walk out of the city right into this little jungle. The little parrots are there to greet you. Some of them even will say hello to you when you walk in, which I think is so cool. So you can actually go in there, talk to Nancy about her and all her projects, and um, pet the birds. And I mean, it's just so cool. Her sanctuary relies on donations. She was on the last undeveloped acre in Key West, but she had some financial troubles and they made her move. So donate heavily. 
because you want these birds to be taken care of. The entry fee is $10 for adults and then kids are $5. But please, on top of that, also donate because she's doing such a good thing for these great animals. So Nancy Forrester's secret garden is at 518 Elizabeth Street. All right, here is my favorite one. I This is my juiciest one ever. I had no idea this was true. You people might know this, but I'm not a huge bar person. So you bar people, you might know this already. But this is my favorite. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Do you have your drink? Dun, 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 dun. Captain Tony's, 428 Green Street. It's the oldest bar. It was once a morgue. I had no idea. Complete with the freaking hanging tree. I mean, they actually hung people in Captain Tony's. What? <laughs> actually, it was the original Sloppy Joe's where Hemingway would actually sit and drink. But that got moved over to where the Sloppy Joe's is now. And then it was Captain Tony's. 75 people were hung in Captain Tony's. Of course, it wasn't Captain Tony's then. But 75 people were hung. Not only that, Captain Tony's was a morgue, a bordello, a telegraph office, a speakeasy, and a cigar factory. Fun fact. During the uh, refurbishing work in the 80s, the floorboards were taken up to reveal the bones of 15 to 18 people. Among them was a gravestone for a woman named Elvira Drew. Elvira was a teen married to an abusive alcoholic man in his 50s. Elvira died in 1822 at the age of 19. Do you know why she was hung? She was hung for killing her husband, <laughs> who was beating her up. Good job, girl. I'm just saying. Her two marker now sits beside the pool table. I'm not kidding you. When you go in there, there's her two marker. Another gravestone that's there is Reba Sawyer. Upon her death, her husband found scandalous letters between her and another man, and they would make arrangements to meet at Captain Tony's. So when she died, he dragged her tombstone from the cemetery to Captain Tony's, put it under the tree, and said, supposedly said, well, this is where she wanted to be, so this is where she'll stay. <laughs> that is absolutely my favorite out of all the stories I'm telling you today. I should have saved it for last. <laughs> but number five is the Pan Am's first office is at 301 Whitehead Street. So it went from the Pan Am office and then Kelly McGillis bought it, who was in Top Gun, and turned it into a microbrewery. And now it is actually one of my favorite restaurants ever called First Flight. Go eat there. It's delicious. So in this spot was where the first American international flight ticket was bought. I mean, isn't that kind of neat that that's where that happened? And then now I eat flatbread there. <laughs> Pan Am was... Uh, the U.S. largest airline from the 1920s till its collapse in 1991. On October 28, 1927, Pan Am number one flight took off from Key West to Havana, the first international service in America. It was started by Juan Terry Tripp with the aim to provide the masses with air transportation for the average man at rates that he can afford. So he turned his little office into the world's biggest air carrier. I mean, where are the rates that we can afford now? Has anyone else flown out of Key West lately? Because good luck finding a cheap flight there. <laughs> Number six, the Key West Cemetery. Yes, I know. That's not something you didn't know. Everybody knows there's a Key West Cemetery here. But have you taken the tour? Have you walked through it? I literally ride my bike through there constantly. If you go to my Instagram, I talk about Instagram a lot. If you go to my Instagram, you can see it's one of the places I take my bike rides. 
I have no idea why I love it in there so much. Maybe because I'm a little dark. Maybe because I love Halloween. Maybe because dead people and ghosts do not bother me at all. I have no idea. Maybe because I'm weird. But I do enjoy it. So everyone knows the cemetery is there. It's at 701 Pauline Street. Take the tour. It's, it's a fun tour. But the locals here are always known for taking our little quirky sense of humor to their graves. 100,000 people have been laid to rest here. More than three times the number of people actually living on the island. The cemetery was established in 1847 after a hurricane. Are you ready for this? Washed bodies out of their previous location. Okay. Many of the graves are above ground due to the high water table, of course. So people aren't washed out of their graves anymore. I mean, who cleaned that up? Ew. The cemetery, though, is best known for its unusual gravestones. This is the part you guys might not know, okay? Most recognized is B.P. Pearl Roberts, which reads, this is what his tombstone reads. Quote, I told you I was sick. (laughs) One reads, so long and thanks for all the fish. Another one reads, quote, Jesus Christ, these people are horrible. Unquote. (laughs) Another is, just resting my eyes. And maybe one of my favorites is, if you're reading this, you need a new hobby. Um, <laughs> maybe I need a new hobby. Maybe that's where I'm going. Another one reads, I've always dreamed of owning a small piece of Key West. There really are a ton more in there. You have to walk around and read all the graves. Mm, there's a lot in there, so you're not going to read them all. But just take some time and go do it. There's so much more in there than funny sayings and conch-shaped headstones and just really weird things. But there's also a lot of history in there. Um, many Civil War and Spanish-American War graves, a section for Cuban freedom fighters. But here we go again with my darkness, but we are talking about a cemetery, okay? Carl Van Kossel. Do you guys know that name? If you don't, you need to look it up. I feel like I could do an entire episode on that, but I feel like if you go to all the true crime podcasts on Earth, they've probably done him. Maybe I will just for fun. You guys should message me and tell me if you have any interest in this, okay? But this guy stole and preserved the body of Elena Milagro Hoyos from her cemetery. He used beeswax, silk, and makeup and kept her dead body in his bed in a wedding dress for seven years. When the woman from, excuse me, when the woman's family found out, they were obviously extremely distraught. So they moved her to a secret location and nobody knows where she is now. What? Is that true? It's true. Oh my God. Hmm. I would like to do a whole podcast on him one day. That's pretty cool. Anyway, also there is a haunted tour in there. They say there's ghosts and you can see all the haunts and you know. So if that's something that interests you, you have to go there. The cemetery is a lot of fun. Is that weird to say? (laughs) Hmm, Whatever. Number seven, the stone crab. So I know when you guys are coming into Key West, whether you drive down or go that over to Roosevelt and you see that big restaurant called the Stone Crab. So they have food in there. You can eat dinner. Okay, so why am I even talking about this? Because everybody knows about the Stone Crab, right? But what you didn't know is that you can dine with the sharks there. Okay, not quite. But the Stone Crab allows you to actually feed the sharks. I called today to verify the times. And I think they do a one o'clock show and a five o'clock show. Their website does not say that. Just so you know, it says different times. So call ahead and find out. But see, these sharks would follow the fishing boats in. And the owner of the stone crab, of course, sparked an idea of feeding them. 
the sharks like scraps thrown overboard by fishermen. So first there were like a couple sharks and then there were more sharks and now there's like 20 sharks. So it's mostly nurse sharks, which are pretty docile. They aren't pens, so they come and go as they please. So I'm assuming when the, when the food comes out, these sharks are ready to eat. And um, the sharks are also known for being lazy and friendly. So we actually swim with nurse sharks here. I know that seems weird. I'm still scared of them, <laughs> but nobody else is. Like when the sharks come, I jump on the boat because I'm scared of them. Nobody else is scared of the sharks. It's crazy. We have not really had very many shark attacks down here. I know the last one we had in Key West was a nurse shark, but I think the girl was messing with the shark. So, you know, but anyway, I am totally squirrel brained and moved on. <laughs> but anyway, the stone crab. So you can go and feed the sharks. So it's safe to do. The staff has been trained by the Florida, Florida Keys Aquarium Encounters in Marathon, which by the way is another fun thing to do if you get a chance to go up to Marathon. So the staff is trained and they have these big long tongs and you get to feed sharks, which I can't wait to do. I had no idea they did that. All right, number eight. Ever wonder where the term Conk Republic comes from? I did know this one, but I didn't know all the quirky details, and it just totally makes Key West Key West. So Key West declared this tongue-in-cheek succession of the city of Key West from Florida on April 23rd, 1982. The term had expanded to all of the Keys, but in 2008, the upper Keys, including Key Largo, formed a separation, citing there were disagreements of the use of the word Conk Republic. Basically, the reason we declared ourselves a sovereign nation is because the U.S. Border Patrol put up a roadblock stopping tourists and locals looking for drugs and illegal immigrants. The locals protested it. It was annoying. They didn't like it. <laughs> so, and they said, if you're going to treat us like we're a foreign country, then by God, we are going to act like one. <laughs> so with all of the complaints to the U.S. government going unanswered, of course, Commissioner Wardlow declared our independence. Wardlow was appointed the prime minister and we declared war against the USA <laughs> by symbolically breaking stale Cuban loaf over the head of a man dressed in a Navy uniform, then quickly surrendered to the man in uniform and asked for a billion in foreign aid. <laughs> we even had the big invasion of 95 where the US Army Reserves were supposed to conduct training on our land, but failed to notify the great and powerful Conk Republic so we sent a schooner out to meet them, loaded with the very dangerous water balloons, stale Cuban loaf, and conch fritters. The battle was quickly ended when the Coast Guard used their powerful fire hoses to wash away the competition. The leaders of the 478th Civil Affairs Battalion issued an apology to the Conquer public saying, we in no way meant to challenge or impugn the sovereignty of the Conk Republic. <laughs> so cute. I love it. There were other invasions too. Invasions. You can't see my air quotes, but they're there. I just think that we are just the cutest people on earth. <laughs> There's actually a souvenir passport you can buy online. People evidently bought them thinking they were legit travel docs. Shortly after 9-11, FBI investigators thought the attacker, mm, not going to say his name, one of the 9-11 attackers had possibly purchased one. So the last thing about our amazing Conk Republic is that we even have our own national anthem called Working in the Conk Republic by Key Lime Pie Band. So I'm going to sing that for you right now. Are you ready? Come on, people. No way. Go YouTube it. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this fun podcast. I learned so much. I hope you guys learned as much as I did. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it on your social media, hashtag local side of Key West. Also, please add me on Instagram, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y underscore keys underscore 930 and tag me in all of your shares. It makes me so happy and it really helps my podcast out. And if you guys really are enjoying it, hit that little five star. You can leave me a voice message, all the good stuff. Leave a review. I love it all. I appreciate you guys. And I will see you next Wednesday. Bye. Welcome back to the local side of Key West. I'm your host, Kelly, and tonight we are doing my personal top 20 favorite restaurants in Key West, maybe a little outside of Key West, but get your pen and paper ready because you're going to need it. You got to write this down. I'm going to give you the tips. It's time. Let's do it.